0: I'm Cam Smith and I'm Tony G and we're here this week for an outlier episode. We kind of decided it would be fun every 10 episodes or so to tackle a movie that is sort of tangentially related to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, This week we're going to talk about Predator 2 as you've no doubt figured out already from the title in your podcast feed. Our second choice was Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because we just realized that we would run out of Arnold movies really quickly, and it would be fun to kind of work in your Conan and the Barbarian remakes, and uh, who knows, maybe the, the uh, Tim Burton Planet of the Apes, who knows, it could be anything down the road, but uh, look for those every ten episodes or so. Next week we will be back to business as usual, of course. But, um, you know, in the meantime, let's dig into Predator 2. Now, Tony,
1: what is the gist of
0: Predator 2?
1: Well... It's a complicated plot, as you can well imagine. I didn't really understand it. (laughs) (laughs) You have uh, Danny Glover playing uh, Lieutenant Mike Harrigan, a uh, L.A. cop in the distant future of 1997. And in the middle of a heat wave, who comes to town but a mysterious alien hunter that's not so mysterious because you've already seen him in Predator 1. From the jungle to the concrete
0: jungle. You got it. I think that was the tagline of the movie. I'm almost positive it was. <laughs> now, before we dig into Predator 2, Tony, what is your memories of this movie?
1: When did you first see it? My memory is that it uh, was kind of underrated. I remember it came out and got pretty poor reviews. Yeah, it's a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Is that current or is that... That's uh, current. Or is that the, at the time? It was not well-reviewed at the time. Um, I remember it having poor reviews and uh and avoiding it for that reason and then i watched it maybe 10 years after it came out and thinking you know it wasn't as good as predator but what could be <laughs> but i think that the the overwhelmingly negative reviews at the time were kind of unfair and i haven't really watched it since but how about you cam what, what was your recollection of it so i remember kind of
0: like you seeing uh, I believe my first awareness of it was seeing a movie poster in the newspaper and looking being like, oh my god, there's a Predator too? And then I saw starring Danny Glover and I was like, who cares? Like to me, it didn't have Schwarzenegger, so like what was the appeal? Um, and I just completely ignored it and didn't really think of it again. Um, and then a little while down the road, you know, it re- was released on video and then eventually showed up on TV. And I remember I taped it and I invited my friend Mark over and Mark appeared on a Predator episode back I think around number five or so. So digging uh, to the archives for that one. But we sat down to watch Predator 2. And Predator 2 unsettled us. We were quite young. We were like maybe grade 6 or something. Uh, And it was so violent that I remember we had panic attacks and had to turn it off after like maybe a half an hour. And this was watching
1: it on cable TV.
0: Yeah, it really did freak me out. It was a sequence early on where the Predator was taking out all those gang members really brutally um, in the uh, penthouse suite.
1: And that finished me. Like I was like, okay, this this is no this is no laughing matter. I can't watch this anymore. Uh, I guess we we should add in here. It is probably obvious for those of you who've been following us th- thus far. But our expectation, our demand of you is that you go and you watch this movie before listening to us. Because uh, as much as there might be very little to spoil we're gonna spoil There's nothing. we're gonna spoil it <laughs> did you know the predator killed several people in this movie camera i'm sorry uh but go watch the movie before yeah. listening to us but yeah so i never didn't make it
0: through that time but a little while down the road when i got kind of more obsessed with franchises I, I just went back and i watched it and um i don't know my take on it at the time was like it was okay and i think i watched it maybe twice three times and You know, showed it to a couple friends, but it was kind of like a resounding, like, yeah, it was okay, but you'd always go back to the Arnold Schwarzenegger one as your Predator movie. Like, this was kind of just like that oddball outlier movie.
1: Which isn't really fair. Uh, You know, (laughs) uh, Well, I mean, it's not really fair to compare this to Predator, except that it's a direct sequel to Predator. And uses the exact same score. And has the same character of the Predator. Yeah. Um but it rips off a lot of elements from the original and has shout outs to the original certainly but besides those few things uh it's not really fair you you gotta ask yourself you know how would this movie uh be how would we think about it if it just stood on its own what do you think i don't think it's very good (laughs) (laughs) i
0: think early on i was kind of into it this this time i I really like the crazed energy early on you have got that big gang war in the streets um, and I spent a lot of the early sections of this movie wondering if a movie can be racist if you have, like, a very diverse cast of leads. I'm like, well, that's somewhat progressive, but my god, the Jamaicans. <laughs> and and this, this was the year of picking on the Jamaicans, because uh, this was the same year also as
1: Marked for Death, the Steven Seagal movie, where he takes on Screwface. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Steven Seagal was briefly in discussions to be in this movie, apparently. Really? Uh, yeah, but he, he... As The Predator? Uh, A predator of a different kind. Uh, Unfortunately, Kevin Peter Hall, R.I.P., was uh, already playing the predator again. He's one of the few people to make uh, a reappearance in this film.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's great. But, you know, the early sections of this movie I found really kind of fun and weird. Uh, You have a lot of fun actors showing up, like Robert Davi and Bill Paxton, and they all have like a crazed energy about them. But then I found once it kind of got into Danny Glover investigating the death of his partner,
1: the movie just kind of slowed to a crawl and got a lot less interesting. I don't know. How did you feel? Yeah, I mean, it reminded me a lot of the way movies were in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, you know, exactly. the A lot of things that didn't make sense. Uh, tropes that have been, uh, we'll put it, maybe a little bit overdone. Yeah. Uh, you have Danny Glover as uh, Lieutenant Harrigan, who's needlessly aggressive and flagrantly disregards rules doesn't like working with officers from other jurisdictions for no apparent reason
0: and he says son of a bitch every uh, 10 lines yeah he yeah. does yeah I, I, hey, danny what are you doing in the <laughs> studio here
1: i don't know i took a wrong turn all right ladies son and, of a bitch ladies, Too old. And, Too ladies old. and gentlemen yeah danny glover uh hey, hey ladies and gentlemen i'm danny glover yeah, this is what Danny Glover would sound like if Danny Glover was not ever going to be a famous, popular movie actor. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> See you later, guys. Okay,
0: Okay, so I'm back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just escorted yeah. Mr. Danny Glover out the door. <laughs> it was a real honor. Yeah, thank um, you. Danny Glover, <laughs> as, as a star of this oh. movie, <laughs> following Schwarzenegger... Uh, now look, Danny Glover had a lot of fame. Like three years earlier, he explodes with Lethal Weapon. And you got Lethal Weapon 2 coming out after that. Um, and then this movie comes out after Lethal Weapon 2. Danny Glover is really kind of at the, on the top of the world as far as action movies go. How did you feel about him as the lead of this movie?
1: It's easy to want to compare him to Arnold Schwarzenegger. But of course, nobody can be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, maybe if they had Sven Oly Thorsen in here, sure, he could have done it. But uh, you know, Danny Glover's—he's in pretty good shape. Sure. In this film. Do you think he's charismatic in this
0: movie? Because Arnold Schwarzenegger is so charismatic in that first one that I think to hang the movie on Danny Glover's character was maybe a little rough. Because he's not a super engaging like straight man in this movie.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I think of all the problems this movie might have, I don't think it's Danny Glover. Okay. <laughs> was it the writing of Danny Glover's character? Maybe the writing. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't the best script.
0: Why is he the star of this movie? Tony, can you fill us in? Like, Why did Schwarzenegger not play the lead in, in Predator 2?
1: Well, I mean, I, I looked up a little bit. Um, I, I saw a bunch of conflicting stories. It's pretty <laughs> hard to accurately read. We're rese- still
0: waiting for the definitive chronicle on the making of Predator 2.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got the coffee table book, but right. uh, it doesn't go into it. Um, so they did, of course, approach Schwarzenegger to star, but there's different conflicting stories about... Whether or not it was a a salary dispute, or whether or not he just wasn't happy with the change of director and the change of script and the change of uh, scenes, putting it in L.A. instead of the jungle.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. I've read that rumor that he apparently didn't like the idea of putting it in the city. Um, but there's also they say that the, the Gary Busey character who's sort of this. Uh, he's the leader of this black ops group that wants to freeze dry the Predator and I guess study him. He was originally... That character was supposed to be the Arnold Schwarzenegger character of Dutch. Which is interesting, if you watch Predator 2, to
1: imagine him in that Gary Busey role. I don't think it's that hard. I mean, if you, if you just kind of look at some of the stuff that Gary Busey's saying in the in the film, a lot of the stuff you can tell would pretty easily be rewritten as the Dutch character.
0: But do you think, in a world where Arnold Schwarzenegger signs on to play Dutch again that uh, he's a supporting character in the movie? Or is the movie built around him then? Who knows? Yeah. I guess it would depend what he wanted to do, really.
1: Who knows? It's hard to say. I know that this movie was uh, rewritten and re-edited a bunch of times. Yeah, something like 20 times or something. Yeah. We were talking about this uh, a little earlier. We don't necessarily want to get into uh, just being a trivia podcast. Right. But um, one piece of trivia for this podcast is that this movie was apparently the first... In the United States, to receive an NC-17 rating. Really? Yeah, and it uh, and it as a result, it was edited uh, over a dozen times and re-edited in order to bring it down to an R rating. It is very gory, very gory. There's frontal nudity. Yeah, uh, and and there's Gary Busey. <laughs>
0: That's the most offensive part. <laughs> it's funny though that for a movie that was so controversial in the making, it really didn't do that well at the box office. It grossed like $30 domestic, which is okay. It was 38th for the year. Uh, Number one was Home Alone. That was the big year of Home Alone where it just dominated everything. But when you actually look at the placement of um, Predator 2 on the box office for the year of 1990, it's sandwiched in between two movies that are kind of forgettable. um, Air America with Mel Gibson and Robert Downey Jr. and Green Card with Gerard Depardieu. But that's not sort of the interesting part. What is interesting is that it lands... Lower down on the list, with a lot of sequels that maybe weren't really in high demand. Like, you've got it, you know, sandwiched alongside movies like Robocop 2, Gremlins 2, Young Guns 2, Rocky 5, Child's Play 2, The Exorcist 3. So, there's a lot of these sequels being cranked out, kind of making less money than the originals and having less impact. I mean, I think Gremlins 2 is great. Uh, it's a movie that I think gotten a lot of appreciation in the years since but definitely not at the time particularly a movie that got anyone excited so 1990 was a franchise killer it really was i mean you had die hard 2 near the top of the list that one people i think were excited about but the rest further down eh not so much and so yeah ultimately predator 2 racked up 56 million worldwide which again nowadays that's peanuts but at the time it was okay but the original predator had done 98 million so that's bit of a difference there was there any difference in the budget of the two films uh i don't know they haven't they don't have a
1: recorded budget for predator 2 i'm gonna guess they're probably similar Uh, i'm just wondering because i I did take a look when i was researching the episode Mm -hmm. i saw that that was um again it's tough to tell with a movie that's, that's this old but one of the reasons shane black didn't come back uh was because by the time this movie was released his director's fee was too high and they were trying to keep the budget
0: or his writer's fee?
1: Oh, sorry, I, I said Shane Black. What I meant was John McTiernan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so his uh, director's fee at that point was starting to creep up there, and they wanted to keep the movie, uh, within about the same budget as the original. But uh, I again, I don't know for sure. Uh, right,
0: John McTiernan brings so much to that first Predator. Yeah. Like a real sense of tension, and you know, we'll dive into kind of sort of the more uh, all the the very set pieces of Predator Two in a second, but. You know, Stephen Hopkins as a director doesn't inspire a lot of confidence at this point. Like, he's done uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Child. He did a movie called Dangerous Game, which I have to believe is the movie that got him the job, which is about a group of, like, cyber kids, hackers, or whatever, being stalked by a serial killer. I have to believe that that was the movie that got him Predator 2. But he would go on to do kind of a lot of B-movie action, like Blown Away, Judgment Night, Ghost in the Darkness.
1: Although I love Judgment Night.
0: I like Judgment Night a lot, too. Uh, I
1: I think the last time I heard of him, he was directing uh, one of the seasons of 24.
0: I saw a movie he did called Race that came out a couple years ago that was actually pretty good. Set during kind of the, the Nazi era when it had the Olympics in Germany. But, I mean, Stephen Hopkins, I guess, deserves some points, I guess, for directing Lost in Space, the movie that dethroned Titanic at the box office after its long run. So, yay? I guess. That's
1: impressive. Sure, sure. but let's get into... Um, but, it's, but, what I, I mean, what I'll say is, I mean, I don't think this movie is particularly poorly directed. No, well,
0: that's what I want to talk about. Let's talk about him as a director, because John McTiernan, we talked in our episode about how much tension and energy he got out of such a threadbare premise. What do you think
1: Stephen Hopkins' strengths were on this film? Well, like I said, I mean, he did a pretty good job of making a uh genre high concept trope film yeah you know what if the predator went to la uh, I, and it's a fun idea you know you, i mean that that's the kind of pitch you can make in two elevator floors sure and uh and, and as a result you get danny glover who again i don't think he's the problem with the movie playing no uh a lieutenant who has all of those kind of late 80s early 90s <laughs> he's things, a cop on the edge <laughs> that's right he's on the edge yeah. uh he has several partners killed over the course of the film. He's got a scoped handgun. He apparently uh, has OCD. Yeah, they didn't They did they didn't really go into that. They definitely did not. It's
0: that era where people just had, like, insanity issues or, like, OCD, but no one
1: knew what it meant. He was definitely crazy. He was both the most aggressive <laughs> and most decorated police officer on the force, which didn't make a lot of sense. They, I like how they specifically set out that he had destroyed 11 cop cars... <laughs> <laughs> Over the last 10 years or so. But, sorry, we're talking about not how many cop cars Lieutenant Harrigan uh, destroyed, but we're talking about how did Stephen... Uh, H- Hopkins, yeah. Hopkins... How did he
0: perform? Like, what what strengths do you think... I felt like Stephen Hopkins uh, staged some really inventive kills in this movie. Like, the Predator in the first film had some really great takedowns, but in this one, they got more inventive with the weaponry. You know, you got the razor disc, you got the net, you got the spear... You just have different ways of the Predator taking down you prey. Got the, the net. Yeah, I really like the razor net, yeah.
1: And then his other gear, the med kit. Yeah. All that cool stuff. Yeah, so he did a good job of showing more of the Predator.
0: Mm-hmm. Because right? the novelty of a Predator isn't there anymore when you do a sequel.
1: It's mm-hmm. kind of like
0: the shark in Jaws. When they made Jaws 2, they said, let's just show the shark right away because people know what it looks like, so why bother? And I think they were smart in Predator 2 to not hide the Predator the whole movie and just open up this bag of tricks
1: yeah and he did a, he also did a good job of having a, a whole bunch of different uh set pieces mm-hmm. in there right so he had the the Jamaican drug lords penthouse i think that's my favorite one the um the subway scene my least favorite <laughs> the 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 meat packing plant yeah. with the uv lights and then and then the predator ship mhm what oh, were your what were your favorites uh, i thought the meat packing plant that was actually one of the things i distinctly remembered yeah. from probably 20 years ago when I first watched the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the UV lights going and the predator switching his vision to the different modes until he finds the people who are hunting him.
0: Right, yeah, and that's the first time I think we've really seen a predator being hunted and getting, like, agitated. Because we see it, like, cycling through its various, uh, you know, visibility modes, trying to figure out where these people are. And so we're getting to see the predator in the role of
1: what we normally see its prey in these movies. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one thing that, again, it's, it's the problem with this film right from the outset and right to the end is Danny Glover's not Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: What are you talking about?
1: Obviously, Arnold Schwarzenegger, that was kind of the uh, the climax of the first Predator film where Arnold Schwarzenegger takes the jungle tools and uh, tries to trap the Predator. But this is the first one where we really see a human being or human beings chasing the predator around and trying to catch him
0: right because the crew in the first movie they don't know what's going on whereas the gary Busey group like they they seem to know what's like how to stop this thing in theory at least versus like the schwarzenegger group are just like flying blind
1: yeah plus i'm always a big fan of set pieces that take place in meat packing plants it's all, almost always Name some of your other favorites rocky
0: <laughs> what else because <laughs> believe
1: me I, I thought of rocky as well <laughs> um <laughs> rocky uh, balboa <laughs> th- yeah there's um um uh, meat plant 3, Oh yeah that's a good one that's a good one <laughs> starring danny glover yeah. but no i agree with you <laughs> that uh
0: that stephen hopkins <laughs> stages this sequence really well and it has a great kind of button at the end of the scene of gary busey being hacked in half with that blade
1: uh, yeah it does it, i mean just watching that that flying disc which I think is a really cool weapon anyways. Cut through six or seven cow carcasses before lopping off Gary Busey's head. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a pretty cool scene.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. It's something that that's stuck with me just forever. Um, what did you think of the, the penthouse battle? Let's just kind of talk about Stephen Hopkins' various action scenes. Because I think, first off, I think that's the only reason to watch the movie, really, is to see the Predator action scenes in this movie. So let's just kind of look at them. Because, you know, we talk now about, I think the one most people remember... What did you think of the penthouse sequence? Because that is, I think, my favorite. Where, you know, the predator invades this gangster's penthouse and just annihilates this group of Jamaican gangsters. They were like, what was it? (laughs) King Willie's voodoo gang, apparently. Which I thought was an insulting term that the cops were using. And
1: then it seemed like it wasn't. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they also referred to them as the feared Jamaican voodoo posse. And Jamaican gangs at this time
0: in, uh, in history were, like, they were very a big concern i guess to me it just seems so weird now but at the time i guess this was a thing you would see on the news
1: yeah and
0: i was in la in 1997 and i don't remember king willie's voodoo gang at all
1: (laughs) yeah i mean you gotta hand it to uh, uh the late 80s for if you're gonna have two gangs in a, in a city, you better make sure one of them's Jamaican and one right. them, and one of them's Colombian.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's where I kind of fall on the is this movie racist? I can't tell. I
1: think it, it might be. But <laughs> just, um, you know this penthouse sequence. Well, especially I mean King Willie was just played by Gary Busey in blackface. <laughs> that was especially
0: offensive. Yes. Yes. Um, but. Uh, Yeah, what did you think of this Penthouse sequence where they string this guy up and they're going to, you know, they knife him and then the Predator bursts in and takes out all these gangsters?
1: And then hangs them up.
0: Yes. Skinned, of course.
1: Yeah, I mean, besides being a little bit on the nose, you feel like, uh, you you know, you feel like she cut to a Sean Penn saying, you know, what is man from the thin red line? (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) you know, did you enjoy that sequence? I did. I mean, all of the action sequences I thought were pretty uh, pretty good. The, the, the one in the penthouse, uh, the one I really like is actually the opening scene. Yeah. Uh, it was very... It <laughs> it's very, over the top. It had a very kind of Cobra feel to it. Yes, definitely. Uh, you know, in 1997, um, I mean, I can understand g- gangs have taken over. It's kind of like a RoboCop thing. Sure. And not only that, but the drug war is a big deal at this point in time, too. That's right. The drug wars. But... I, I can't be convinced that both in, the, both in the Jamaican penthouse and also in this gunfight that's going on in broad daylight, that the police are so incompetent that they can't set up a police line, and that while bolts are flying overhead, there's people giving interviews about their stores being broken into, yeah. uh, and uh, meanwhile, everything in, everything in sight is being blown up and shot.
0: Yeah, I just love the hysteria of that scene where you have like the news anchors like breathlessly reporting on the air as like bullets are flying around. And you've got that character, uh, I think his name was it Tony Pope, um, yeah, who shows was,
1: up, who works for Hardcore. It was a good year for Downey Jr.'s. <laughs> yeah, Morton Downey Jr. plays his character and he looks a little like Jerry Lewis. Yeah, well, Morton Downey Jr., he actually reminded me a lot of uh, the Richard Dawkins character in Running Man because... Okay. Uh, um, yeah morton downey jr was he was like a shock tv host from right. the 80s and it was just basically playing himself the same way richard dawkins right. once in uh, in the running man
0: that's interesting because the connection i made was more um like Die Hard had that william atherton character who was a journalist who was a real asshole right and then two years later this movie comes out and you've got that same type of character and uh he just reminded me a lot of that kind of figure yeah. I guess it was really cool to, like, have scenes where, like, journalists get punched out in those days.
1: Yeah, but I like how, uh, you know, in both the scenes, in both the gang war scene and the penthouse scene, I don't know if they were actually in a penthouse. It could have been a sub-penthouse. You, sure. You really don't know. Wow, well, yeah. But, you know, that this guy's just running around, and for whatever reason, media just happens to be everywhere there's a slaughter or, or a gang fight. But what did you I mean what did you think about the the penthouse scene? To me what I really like
0: about it is just the horror element of it where things are happening the characters don't understand we have a we know exactly what's going on but every kill is different from the others so they, there's no sense of predictability to what's going to happen moment to moment and it's just kind of this chaos of gunshots uh, you know really moody lighting and then, like, weird weapons being unsheathed one after another. Like, I, it, it feels, like, mysterious in a really cool way, but also really visceral and gross.
1: Yeah, seeing all those Predator weapons for the first time was really cool. Yeah. Because before this, all we'd really seen was the arm blade yeah. and the three-light laser.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, totally. Let's talk about the subway sequence, because this sequence I was not a fan of. Why at not? All. Because, okay... First off, I didn't really understand how this all happened. It felt very random. Like, the Predator at this point felt like the shark in, like, Jaws the Revenge, just showing up wherever he needed to be at any point. Because I guess he tailed Bill Paxton and Maria Cachito Alonso, who are two cops in the movie, onto this subway train, where it felt like it was trying to be satirical, I guess, and, like, everyone had guns on the subway and are, like, pulling them out randomly. Like, it felt very broadly campy in a way a bunch of the rest of the movie doesn't. But then the Predator comes in. And it is the most, like, flickering light, indecipherable. I could not even tell what was going on for most of this sequence. I think that was kind of the point, though. Oh, it was meant to be disorienting, but to me it was unpleasant to watch. Well, it was probably unpleasant to be there. I would imagine it was. So he got what he was going for. To make a sequence that, to me, I'm just like, I don't care. Like To me, like, I just, I couldn't even tell what's going on. So you've got five gang members there. The Predator goes in. It's chaos. There's gunfire. All this. I can't tell really what happened to any of them. All I know is that when the train stops, everyone's dead. And I'm like, I didn't get anything out of it because I think it would have worked better if it was shorter. Where it's just kind of chaos. And then the Maria Cachino Alonso kind of just walks into this horror show. But instead, it's really dragged out. As Bill Paxton is like unloading shot after shot after shot. And doesn't he throw a golf ball at it? Is yeah, that yeah. what happened? Yeah, he does. Where did the golf ball come from?
1: Well, they established that he was a big fan of golf. That early, is also true. Early on in the film.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I guess. I don't know. So you enjoyed the sequence?
1: I, I thought it was all right. I mean, I didn't find it. I did find it a little bit disorienting, a little bit long, but I didn't find it as uh, offensive as you did.
0: Yeah, I just thought it kind of stunk.
1: But, you know, rather than going through all the mm-hmm. uh, the action sequences here, I think we've touched on the, the main ones. Yeah. What did you think of the tone of the movie, generally? Because you mentioned it earlier, it does have a little bit of a horror element to it, Definitely. doesn't it?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that I guess goes hand-in-hand with Predator.
1: But to me, what
0: I liked was that, initially, it had a very like exaggerated, kind of cartoony tone. Like, it really did feel like the 80s action, action movie, like, gone nuts. And I enjoyed that. Like, I was having a lot of fun with that aspect of Danny Glover just playing this cop who is completely nuts. And you had like one after another characters being introduced who were also insane. Like Gary Busey, Robert Davy, Bill Paxton. All these people are so over the top cartoons. Like Bill Paxton is like channeling Jim Carrey. It's just a crazed performance.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's like Bill Paxton doing an impression of Jim Carrey doing an impression of Bill Paxton.
0: Yes, it's just absolutely nuts. So like I really enjoy that sort of heightened exaggeration going on with those characters. But then, I just found it really weird how, kind of the midpoint, you have the character of Danny, played by uh, Ruben Blades getting killed. And then it turns into this, like, kind of solemn Danny Glover trying to track down the killer. And to me, that's just where the energy just deflates out of it. I would have preferred they'd found something, I think, more energetic to do with that sort of midsection.
1: Yeah, the film did have a little bit of a dystopian nihilism going on. In definitely. It, without the same tongue-in-cheek that a movie like maybe Robocop had.
0: Yeah, Robocop is definitely sticks to its vision. And it never feels like you're kind of just going through the motions. Like... I don't know, to you, did the middle of this movie feel like a little bit of going through the motions?
1: A little bit. It wasn't really clear, you know, I mean, I kind of get what they were getting at with Danny Glover's tracking down the killer, but meanwhile the Predator is tracking Danny Glover for no real appreciable reason.
0: Yes. Well, yeah, I want to get to that in a sec, but um, yeah. to me, it's not really interesting to watch a character spend a lot of time... Hunting for a character that we know he's not going to catch because we know it's the predator. It's going to be, you know, like a, a violent encounter at the end. Like he's not going to, you know, arrest the predator at the end for the death of his partner.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, was there really a point, I mean, it was kind of interesting to watch, but was there really a point in Danny Glover, for exa- example, going to see King Willie? What the hell was that scene? you know that's i think i just explained it danny <laughs> that scene is so strange danny glover gets in a zebra car with a bunch of ganja smoking rastas yeah. and drives to meet uh, drives to meet king willie who's a jamaican who for some reason practices haitian voodoo <laughs> and it, it's played by calvin lockhart and it's a committed
0: performance
1: you know and in between throwing bones and speaking in tongues and, and rhymes, riddles yeah I mean, that's all that happens. And then he and he gets back in the car, and then, you know, King Willy gets his head cut off. I like that bit, where
0: King Willy faces off against the Predator. Like, we never see the fight, which is kind of a ripoff, But I do like how it has a sequence of them kind of, like, posing opposite each other. And then it cuts that close-up of uh, King Willy's decapitated head with that screaming sound. I really kind of like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think a little bit of the tone that they were seeking in this movie was basically to make make a very similar movie to the original. Yeah. But change it. So if you look at King Willy, you know how close is King Willie to Billy's death scene? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely feels very
0: similar from the first one. Yeah, and also a similar a character who's kind of expressing a similar viewpoint of this predator, kind of having like a spiritual quality. Right. Yeah. That, yeah, and then of course they both go out very similarly, kind of mono and mono face off. But in either case, we get to see the fight. Kind That's of a right. lame. Uh, kind of a lame outcome. The uh, Robert Rodriguez Predators, I believe, has a similar sequence, but they actually have a fight.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, you could say that Gary Busey was a little bit like Carl Weathers' character. Yeah, and um, the various other the various other characters um, all kind of map on more or less to to other characters in the movie. I will in the, say in the first movie. It didn't
0: feel as um, it didn't feel like annoying in that respect. Like a lot of the cash in sequels of the eighties are such like embarrassing retreads that they grade on me like you'll just see characters playing the same role I think of this is before the 80s but I think of like Beneath the Planet of the Apes which is an okay movie but the lead character is such an obvious like replica of Charlton Heston it's like they found the b-grade uh Charlton Heston in a casting office and it was James Franciscus who I I don't know maybe did some other stuff later that was respectable but at the time it was like I'm watching the like d-grade Charlton Heston to me, this didn't feel like I was watching degrade versions of the original cast. They at least had enough personality individually that I enjoyed them. And Maria yeah. Conchita Alonso was actually a really nice addition in it. She was like this tough female character who wasn't like a victim the whole movie.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. But before we, we go on to that, because there are a few things I want to say about the various cast. I mean, this is mm-hmm. a Schwarzenegger podcast and there were actually, even though Schwarzenegger had no involvement in this and very little involvement from the original players but he's a big fan of it he watches it every week uh every second week i heard
0: him and danny glover have beer nights and sit and watch predator 2
1: that's a beer night i'd love to be at (laughs) even if there was no beer (laughs) very much so um but i mean just i want to just go back before we leave it the some of the scenes like the The extended scene of the Predator polishing the skull. Yeah. Uh, Some of the other stuff where the Predator's a little bit more on screen in terms of what the Predator does with Mm -hmm. its victims. Although, the Predator killed a lot of people for the one or two skulls that we actually get to see in the film. Yes, it's very true. Does this make sense to you? Like, the
0: Predator, you know, when we saw the Predator in the first film, um, and this kind of goes back to what I was gonna, the point I raised earlier about the predator hunting Danny Glover, but um, the predator in the first film when it's hunting Arnold Schwarzenegger and his crew, you know they are the best of the best. Like we understand why that predator would look at that group and be like, this is the ultimate match I was looking for.
1: Right. Was this predator in Predator Two kind of punching down to a certain degree? Yeah, I mean that's one thing that. I remember even the first time I watched it, and again, going back to it, uh, with Danny Glover not being Arnold Schwarzenegger, Yeah, and that was part of the issue, was if Arnold Schwarzenegger couldn't beat the Predator in a fist fight, yes. what chance does Danny Glover have? He beat it. <laughs> he did. So, it, so what it's got to be, for the sake of continuity, is this is somehow a lesser Predator. Well, a, a te- he, was a,
0: he was a one-armed one at a certain point. A, but a teenage Predator. A teenage Predator. This is like his rite of passage. Uh, this is his emo phase. Right, right. <laughs> is that why he had all the mascara on? That's right. <laughs> and he was crying a lot? <laughs> he had on those tall boots. He's listening to The Cure. <laughs> it does raise that point because Danny Glover, as you said, is not Arnold Schwarzenegger. He doesn't have that level of like. like, why is this predator so obsessed with Danny Glover? We're told like he's the
1: best of the best cops, but does the Predator know this just from observing him? Well, the Predator did observe him in that first action sequence when nobody else just basically throw two bulletproof vests on a car and drive them towards the machine gunners, right? That were uh, that were blasting everyone in sight. Sure. So the Predator saw that, and I guess established there that this was the guy he really wanted to hunt. Right. But I'm pretty sure at any point the predator realistically could have just gone to Danny Glover and taken his head off.
0: It's very true. I do wonder though why they didn't go for—I don't know—maybe an actor. Not because I think if you go to like the bigger muscle man, it gets a little desperate. Like if you have, just like throw Stallone for example in this movie, it feels a little cheap. It's kind of like well, we had Arnold, now we go to
1: Stallone. A lot of this, a lot of this movie and the action sequences reminded me a lot of Cobra actually cobra yeah or like, definitely or, or rambo 3 sure you know some of the Commando. more some of the more over the top stallone films yeah oh yeah yeah. um but i do wonder why they
0: didn't make this character someone who is very visibly better than everyone else in a way that would like draw the predator's attention like
1: i, I don't know it just felt like the danny glover character to me didn't feel special enough I know what you mean. I mean, they did try and establish that in the film just how special this character was. Oh, they told us a lot, but it didn't feel like we saw it. That's right. Yeah. Which to me is a bit of a problem. I mean, there's other pro- obviously there's other problems with this movie. There's a reason it's not as good as the first Predator. Uh, it was very confusing to me whether or not the Predator was immune to gunshots. Gunshots, because yeah, uh, you know, unlike the you know the first film where they established that. Even with these huge weapons being fired by these huge guys, uh, the predator would take to the trees and avoid them.
0: Yeah, like he was much more stealthy in that one. Whereas this predator is like a bull in a china shop just kind of tearing through people. Like they are shooting him and he just keeps coming at them. But pretty much the only bullets that can hurt the predator come out of Danny Glover's gun. Yeah, and that, okay, yeah, I'm glad you raised that because, yes, that's in the meat packing, uh, or in the meat plant, and the bullets are, you know, Puncturing the uh, the Predator's abdomen and what have you. And we're seeing that neon green blood spurt everywhere. The Predator goes down. But then he like gets up and he's okay.
1: He does some self-surgery, but he's mostly okay. Well, maybe that's why uh, Lieutenant Harrigan was able to beat him. Because he had one arm and had been shot five times. I mean, times. sure. I feel like
0: they're going to say that's the reason. Kind of like the uh, they explained Kylo Ren. Um, being beaten by Ray in the first one because he was weakened from having been shot in the gut and uh, being distressed by killing his father. But to me, like it's like, I don't know. I'm looking at the size of that predator and just how easily it's taken down everyone else in the movie.
1: And it's like, why is Danny Glover this guy who can get the drop on this thing so easily? Well, maybe that's what this movie was really about. Mm. Was We were asking ourselves that question the whole time. How is Danny Glover possibly as good as dutch apparently he's better apparently he's better and we got (laughs) to see it on screen
0: because dutch didn't think to cut the predator's arm off when he was triggering his uh his self-destruct button you idiot dutch (laughs) which uh, they state in this that that uh, explosion what took out something like 30 city blocks or something yeah the equivalent of which i was like i don't know about
1: that although i will say i can't remember which which movie it was they're not movies i intend to revisit anytime soon Alien vs. Predator or Alien vs. Predator 2. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure in one of those movies, they cut off the Predator's arm and then used it as a bomb.
0: I'm pretty sure that's the first one, right? I can't remember. Seems likely. Yeah, we're definitely not going to be doing those on the show. And apparently it was 300 city blocks.
1: You say that now, but when we reach episode 74... (laughs) (laughs) I'll be like, well, folks, here we are. Yeah, 73 is going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger's laundry.
0: (laughs) Now, we're talking about Arnold facing off with the predator what did you think of the very extended danny glover hunting or chasing the predator ending of this movie because like the third act is something like 20 minutes of danny glover chasing this predator through like an apartment complex and then underground how did you feel about
1: that sort of extended sequence i actually i actually enjoyed it did you okay i thought like so much of this movie it wasn't spectacular Mm -hmm. yeah but it was very serviceable as far as an action movie goes a sci-fi action movie yeah, like, I feel kind of similar. Like, it's not
0: incompetently shot. It looks fine. There's some inventive moments. Like, I really enjoy the predator self-surgery sequence. Mm-hmm. That's fun. And, like, the woman, at, you know, saying there's someone in the bathroom while the predator's in there. And then it, him, like, we we both laughed when the predator, like, stormed out and, like, like just burned through two walls or something on foot. Like, right. that was really funny. But I do find, I don't know, like, it, it looks great, but it doesn't have the tension of the first one. Like when I'm watching Danny Glover, you know, scale down that elevator shaft into the Predator ship and all that sort of stuff. I'm not feeling kind of that, you know, pounding heart sort of sensation that you get with the first one.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's because the first one was fundamentally a thriller movie right. with big guns. Yeah, This one is a little bit more of a mashup of a horror movie and an action movie
0: yeah i mean i guess that makes sense given Stephen hopkins had done nightmare on elm street right before this which he's very familiar with like um slasher movie kills
1: yeah and i mean the later nightmare on elm streets were a little bit of a slapsticky definitely, affair too right? definitely
0: yeah that's actually a really good point um does this mean we're gonna have to do nightmare on elm street the dream child <laughs> it's been a while for me <laughs> it's been a long while for me and i think i'm willing to let it be longer
1: <laughs> um, what did you think of the final face-off in the Predator ship? Well, again, I mean, uh, I think what this movie does really well is it shows more things about the Predator without yeah. making it over the top. So the fact that he we get to see the inside of the Predator ship, yeah. that little nod that people were talking about for years and years before it actually happened, the alien skull yeah. in the trophy case. Well, I mean, even before
0: it launched those those terrible movies, it had all the Dark Horse comic books there was a Super Nintendo video game that I played. So definitely Alien vs. Predator became a
1: big deal. And I think a lot of the reason why it became a big deal is because of that one scene in that ship. Yeah. We also get to see a little bit of the Predator culture. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all of those things are way more interesting than the actual fight that occurs be- between the Predator and Danny Glover.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I really enjoyed... Having that group of predators come out after Danny Glover has taken down our main predator and handing him that like 1715 gun by Raphael Adeline, whoever that is.
1: Yeah, I tried to find any information at all about why that was the case. Uh, I wasn't able to. So if anyone out there knows why the elder predator threw Danny Glover that gun in particular. Yeah, (laughs) let us know. (laughs) Except to maybe establish that the predators had been there for a long time. But we already knew that yeah
0: yeah exactly but
1: i really enjoyed like the mythology
0: aspects of predator 2 and that it was you know and how it expanded the world of the predator and and then i begin to wonder like was this the most they ever really expanded it like it never felt like they took it at any more interesting steps maybe the predator concept is just a little too simplistic like you add these elements just for color like they're a lot of fun to see but there's not that much more really. There's not a lot of avenues left to travel. I don't know, because it doesn't feel like they ever added anything particularly interesting beyond what Predator 2 brings to the table. But to be honest, I I'm not sure. I haven't. Yeah, you
1: haven't seen Predators, but
0: yeah, that's how I felt. I don't know. You saw Alien versus Predators, I guess.
1: Yeah, which were disappointing movies. Yeah, yeah, think, they didn't really add anything to either that, the Alien or the Predator universe. I think Predator most universe. most people kind of acknowledge that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe this is a good time to talk about some of the other cast in in predator 2 because there actually are a lot of crossovers believe it or not between predator 2 and uh other schwarzenegger films okay but sven ollie thorsen <laughs> sven unfortunately wasn't in this but obviously <laughs> there's robert davy who's uh you know he's one of those he's one of those actors that you you recognize almost immediately and for you, singing <laughs> yeah, he does have a music career he, And you try and place him and you can't You know, He was in Goonies and, and that kind of thing But he was also in Raw Deal Yeah, with Schwarzenegger, I'm looking forward to revisiting that one Me too, I think that's going to be great It's been a while since I've seen that yeah. one um, Yeah, of course he was the villain in License to Kill The Bond movie too, he's fantastic in that Yeah, I mean you had uh, Bill Paxton As uh, the Lone I don't know why they called him the Lone Ranger I was unclear on that Detective as well Detective Lambert uh, he, he is he,
0: insane in this movie like, Bill Paxton is bringing a similar, like, manic energy to this character as he had in Weird Science. Like, he is just going for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, watching Bill Paxton in a movie like this makes you really, uh, again, regret the fact that he's now now passed on. Yeah. Uh, he was a great actor, but he was also great in True Lies, where he played Simon. It's very true, yeah. I mean, he also had um, Maria Cochita Alonso, who... Was the uh, female lead in Running Man? The running woman. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you want to stretch it, I've already hit the uh, the Richard Dawson potential crossover. Right. Uh, you know, I tried to find something about Gary Busey and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, they're, it's they're... crazy they never worked together. Yeah, there's there's nothing out there except except for you know you can kind of see there's one point after Gary Busey's been ostensibly blown up yeah by the predator right and when he comes back on the scene he says guess who's back yeah i I don't know if that was originally supposed to be a dutch
0: line you could totally see that and his introduction scene though i just want to say like i burst out laughing and so did you when he just like walks into that room he's like peter keys
1: (laughs) oh gary gary bucey is one of my favorites he's he 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 brings in a he brings an amazing psychopathy to almost every role that he plays and he has that other line where he's like lions tigers bears oh my <laughs> <laughs> do you think that was an arnold line originally <laughs> i can't really see uh, arnold delivering it with the same busey <laughs> style but i hope so
0: but i mean gary busey while he may not have an arnold connection definitely has a danny glover connection because he was of course mr joshua one of the main villains of lethal weapon just three years earlier
1: that's correct if you want to stretch it out farther shane black mm. who wrote the original predator Yes. And, and starred in the original Predator. Wrote. Lethal Weapon. And he will be directing
0: and writing, uh, Shane Black will be writing and directing the new Predator movie that comes out uh, this summer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. So, yeah, there's plenty of uh,
1: connections that kind of tie the Predator universe together. But, you know, and there really wasn't uh, that many others. There was a brief, brief cameo by El Carrillo. I think that's how you say her name. Yeah, who was
0: the actress in the original Predator. Yeah,
1: she just had a brief cameo in Key's van. Besides that, there was some of the cast and crew who were in the original Predator, not too many. Just Kevin Peter Hall, who was the Predator, and right. Stan Winston, who did the creature
0: effects. Stan Winston, one of the legends of Hollywood effects. He, yeah. yeah, created the Predator in the first place. And mm-hmm. I love that when we got this sequel, the Predator looked just as cool, mm-hmm. if not cooler, on the second go-around. You know, you compare that to, say, the Ninja Turtle franchise, where the Ninja Turtles got shittier looking with every passing movie. Like, it didn't feel like they were cheaping out with the second Predator, kind of cutting their losses, being like, okay, the second one's going to make maybe half the money, so let's just, you know, cut the money down on the suit.
1: Right, yeah, no, I, I agree. The Predator looked similar, but different. You know. Yeah. Same species, different individual. Right, yeah. And besides that, uh, the try though I might, I, I couldn't find a lot of other connections... Between this movie and other Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, let alone Predator. I mean, Alan Silvestri did the score, so there's that. Um, The only other thing I could find, it's just a little bit esoteric, but the gang member who was using the Uzis in the opening gang fight, those guns also appeared in The Running Man and Total Recall. What? Yeah.
0: Wait, 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 wait. The guns?
1: Yeah, it was a nickel-plated mini-Uzi. Really? Yeah. Apparently, it's um, uh, those guns make their made their way around Hollywood action movies. Well, it, Uzis it, were like all the craze <laughs> at that era. Do you remember the cover of Invasion USA with yes. Chuck Norris? Yeah, that's a great cover. Yes, it was. The laser sights on the Uzis <laughs> <laughs> for <laughs> for accurate sni- <laughs> Uzi sniping.
0: Laser sights were all the rage in the eighties and nineties. I mean, you had to have a laser sight in an action movie. I had a paintball gun, and still do, that has a laser sight on it as well. And let me tell you something. A laser
1: sight on a paintball gun (laughs) is not accurate. (laughs) No, no. I imagine it's also a little bit of a vision hazard. (laughs) It's so
0: cool, though, when you're in the woods and you hit the laser sight on, you feel like the predator.
1: Uh, I'm going to put cool in heavy quotations.
0: Yes. Well, you know.
1: Is it a triple laser sight? i wish i would have paid for it if i could get one yeah i mean just going back to the cast i mean the, again the problem with this movie is it's got a great cast adam baldwin shows up sure. uh, um i don't know if he's the best baldwin <laughs> but you know it's got a really impressive cast for what is a little bit of an also ran sequel
0: it's weird how good the cast is in this movie because I, I did anyone involved in this really think like Predator Two was going to be like a phenomenon, or is it just that they got a lot of these guys before they broke big? Maybe that's what it is. Because Bill Paxton was not a huge star at this point. Maybe they
1: just got were lucky to like get a lot of these people on their way up. Maybe I mean, but Gary Busey, this was his first movie back after his car crash. Was I mean, it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that he would have done after that accident. I don't know. Um, I mean, Danny Glover was coming off of Lethal Weapon.
0: Mm-hmm. This must have really been like a, a real pet project of the studio at this point. They must have
1: really had a lot of faith in Predator. So maybe that's the, the thing here, which is, I mean, this movie was not great. It was serviceable, but it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> that's what I thought too when I read the script. <laughs> Danny Glover. <laughs> You gotta get out of here, man. We're trying to do a show. I gotta go. with My cab's here. Okay. <laughs> you should. We should bring some symbols in here so that we can do some rim shots. <laughs> Unfortunately, your your Danny Glover, I mean, Danny, the real Danny Glover, who's here, uh, sounds a lot like uh, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood <laughs> and uh, Kermit the Frog. It's true. It's true. Um, so, how many times did Danny Glover say "son of a bitch" in this movie? I'm not sure. He had some great lines that I wish had been delivered, uh, by Arnold. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite line of the movie of his, I don't know what yours was. Mine was, he's just finished putting those bulletproof vests on the, on the car has driven it into the, uh, the gang shootout has managed to disobey direct orders and get one of his colleagues killed. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a replacement that comes in it's bill paxton the lone ranger right and he sits him down he said i'm gonna give you the real score here there's no room for showboats (laughs) and then he does nothing but showboat he showboated the whole movie (laughs) everyone's showboating in this movie every person in this movie showboats in fact there's no room for anyone who's not showboating I mean, I thought it
0: was a little bit much, though, when Gary Busey started seeing Old Man River.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, uh, they should have named this movie Showboat. I think that title was taken, though. Yeah, it may have been. <laughs> the Predator is just planning taters. <laughs> lifting bales there's a paddle wheeler at some point <laughs> yeah.
0: i like the part where the predator says the word motherfucker to me that was hilarious cuz danny glover like peels up the mask and is like you're ugly and then the predator opens his eyes and goes like motherfucker <laughs> and it's like what a bizarre moment to film like <laughs> hope that everyone involved in shooting that bit of business like at the end of the day was just like boy doing the good work here
1: (laughs) yeah you gotta wonder i mean uh i i I actually hope that that scene took you know 50 or 60 takes right it might have because the like the um sort of the
0: mechanics of the predator's face wouldn't have probably worked the first time through
1: yeah having some intern uh kevin the intern (laughs) yeah predator motherfucker scene (laughs) take
0: seven (laughs) Yeah, and trying to get all those little tendrils and whatever to move in the right in the right way. Yeah. I don't really know if it was puppetry or if it was a um animatronic face. I'm guessing animatronics, right?
1: Uh, who knows? We'll have yeah. to ask Stan. Uh, well, I don't think we can. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm sure there's a book somewhere. I mean, that's one thing about this movie. There's a lot of people in it or involved in it who are sadly dead now.
0: Yeah. I don't know if that We're going to a... run into that more and more though with a lot of these 80s movies.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: It's depressing. So any final thoughts on Predator 2? Uh, I wish Vin Diesel
1: had been involved.
0: (laughs) As the Predator? As anyone. (laughs) You know, you said you hadn't watched this movie in a long time. Revisiting it this time, do you now think, you know, is this a movie you would want to revisit again in the near future?
1: In the near future, like 1997? Yeah. I think that it's going to be a while before I go and revisit it again. There's other movies that I want to see that I haven't seen and other movies that I'd like to rewatch before I re-watch right. Predator 2 for the third or fourth time.
0: But you would watch the other Predator, the first one, like more often, right? I would watch the
1: first Predator pretty much... Any day? Every every week yeah. if I could. So to this, like for you, this feels very much like a B kind of grade movie. I don't know if it's that this one is, is a B grade movie so much as it is that the that predator was such an excellent film right you know it's a little bit like comparing
0: alien versus alien 3
1: alien versus alien 3 or comparing um jaws and jaws 3 or comparing first blood and rambo 3 for sure yeah although i love rambo 3 yeah who doesn't
0: it's insane
1: but yeah i mean it's a sequel it's it's a sequel that's not as good as the original but still has some value You know, if people like 80s action movies or if people like, you know, 80s sci-fi movies or early 90s sci-fi movies, it's one I'd certainly say people should go watch it. If they like the first Predator movie, they should go watch it. But, you know, you don't necessarily want to own the Criterion box set. (laughs) I've got it on Uh, pre-order. For me, Predator 2
0: raised a little in my estimation this time in that I like a lot of its crazed energy. I think there's a lot of fun to be had in this movie. It's just... It's kind of in moments, not in the whole. And so, like, I could watch this movie and definitely watch set pieces or fun character stuff to do with Bill Paxton and Gary Busey. But as an overall, like, 108-minute film, eh, it's okay. But overall, I, I like enough of it to kind of give it the tip into liking it. Like, I would definitely, you know, it's like kind of like a three-star movie to me. Yeah. I would definitely watch it again for fun. But it's definitely not anywhere near, to me, the level of Predator. And I am curious, when we revisit Predators, if if I feel that that one is comparable to this or kind of wedged in between this one and uh, the original.
1: Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm eager to see as well. I'm, I'm eager, though, I will admit, to get back to uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. I yes. think this is great to do this once every 10 or 11 shows. But really, let's be honest. My heart's with Arnold.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I agree 100%. Okay, so next episode, we'll be back with Running Man. Now, I have my doubts that most of you listening aren't very, very familiar with Running Man already, but make sure to watch it in, uh, in advance of the podcast. It just makes it more fun for everyone involved.
1: Yeah, you know, if you haven't seen it in a while, just get yourself up to speed. It's one of Arnold's classic films. Definitely. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at
0: arniegaddenpod at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at arniegaddenpod.com. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Cam, V as in Vision, Predator Vision, Smith,
1: as well as at the Star Trek
0: podcast, Subspace Transmissions. Tony?
1: Yeah, you can find me, Tony G, just T-O-N-Y-G, at ArnieGeddon.com. You're, of course, welcome to go to www.ArnieGeddon.com if you prefer to download our podcasts direct from the source. But you can also find us at the usual sites, Stitcher, iTunes, (laughs) anywhere else quality podcasts are held
0: outsource definitely okay so we'll be back with the running
1: man